Thank you, Lord God. Father, we thank you for living hope. We thank you and we praise you, Lord God. It's a living reality in our lives today as born again children of God. We thank you, Lord God, that the morning came that sealed the promise. That buried body began to breathe. We thank you, Lord God, that you raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And that same spirit that raised our Lord and Savior from the dead, your word declares that if that same spirit abides within us, dwells within us, it would quicken, make alive our mortal bodies as well. So we celebrate today, Lord, the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And all the people said... Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. It's good to have you worshiping together with us this morning. You go ahead and be seated. And we're so happy to have you here. And we're going to share a good word with you this morning and believe God that your hope is restored. It's found, made brand new, and you're going to be eternally hopeful from this day on. Amen. Because today we're going to be talking about a new hope, and that's what Jesus Christ has come to provide for us, is a new and a living hope, not a dead hope, not something that is not a, it's not a negative or a pessimistic, well, I sure hope so, like I hope my team wins, or I hope I get my promotion, or uh, I hope this happens, or I hope that happens, but... As a matter of fact, when you're talking about Bible hope, it's usually speaking about a great expectation, a great expectation. So you should be anticipating. Jesus Christ declared about himself. He said, I am he who lives and was dead, and I am alive. He says, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Luke, the, the writer of the book of Acts, made this statement about Jesus. He said, Jesus presented himself alive. I like that about Jesus. He didn't have someone go out and represent him, make it pretend that he's alive or make you believe he's alive, but said he presented himself alive after his suffering with many infallible or many unmistakable proofs. So we have many unmistakable proofs that Jesus Christ is alive and he is doing very well. And as a result of that, we are alive and well also. The central theme of the New Testament the heartbeat of Christianity is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is what lifts Christianity out of the realm of religion and philosophy and, and makes it the living reality in our lives today. And church, what I want you to know, several things we're going to be sharing with you today, but please know that you know that you know that we're not here just celebrating a one-time historical event. The grammar of Scripture teaches us that the resurrection is not a one-time historical event, but a daily life-changing experience that we have been invited to participate in through the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You get that part? You get to participate in the resurrection. God did not raise Jesus Christ up from the dead without you in mind. Scriptures tell us that we have been raised up together with him. We died with him, and we have been raised up together with him, and we have been made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we have every reason in the world to be hopeful. So I'm going to be sharing from the Gospel of Luke chapter 24 this morning, and I want to be talking to you about the new hope that we have in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, and again, just emphasizing why we have the reasons to be hopeful. But in this particular chapter, uh, it, it's uh, entitled The Resurrection. Of course, all the Gospels deal with the resurrection, but I think Luke 24 is probably my favorite uh, rendering of it. It begins with the women that went to the tomb to uh, 
again, just to honor and memorialize Jesus and, and, and to anoint. But uh, they recognized that uh, when they got there that the stone had been rolled away and the tomb was empty and they were perplexed by that. And of course, that's when the angels asked them, uh, why are you looking among the dead? Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? And so the question for you and I today is, where are we looking at for answers? Where are we looking to for life? Are we looking among the dead or are we looking among the one who is alive? The angel continues that he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. This is in Luke chapter 6. Excuse me, Luke 24 in verse 6. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Then the next word is very important. It's remember. Everyone say remember. A key to you living a hope-filled life is to remember the promises of God's word. Remember the declarations of Jesus Christ. Remember the declarations of the prophets. Remember them, have them in your heart, put them in your heart, and put them on your lips, because that is how you are going to remain hopeful in a very pessimistic culture, a very pessimistic time that we're living in, a very difficult and challenging season that we find ourselves in as a culture, and especially a very difficult and challenging year that we have just experienced as a culture, as the pandemic went throughout the world. World. But the good news is, is we have a reason to be hopeful, not to be filled with gloom and doom, but to really have a great expectation of something good is going to happen, is happening, and will continue to happen in our lives. And it is based on the promises of God's word. And so the, uh, the angels uh, said, why, why are you, uh, basically, why are you searching for the, uh, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen. Remember, he told you back in Galilee. Now, I think most of you had the same experience I had growing up or, uh, with parents and with teachers. You ask a question. Remember? Remember. Remember yesterday's lesson. Remember I told you. Remember I instructed you. Or if you didn't do something, uh, remember? Remember. Everyone say remember. <laughs> Might not all be found remembrances, but nonetheless, you get the point. It's important that we learn to remember the things that are important to remember. Forget the things that we need to forget. Remember the things that we need to remember. And the good news is, is we have the Holy Spirit of God to bring to our remembrance things that we need to be remembering. So remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again the third day. Church, remember, the scriptures declared that Jesus Christ would be crucified and he would be buried and that he would rise again the third day. There are three occasions where Jesus took the disciples aside and, and instructed them that this was about to happen, that he would be handed over, he would be tried and crucified, he would be buried, but on the third day, he would rise again. And so they needed to be in remembrance of that because they were the ones that witnessed him being tried and crucified. They witnessed his mangled body on the cross. They witnessed his body being taken down off the cross and placed into the grave, into the tomb. They saw that with their eyes. 
They experienced it. It was a very horrendous, horrible uh, experience for them to experience because they had put their hope in Jesus as their Messiah, as the one who was going to bring freedom and deliverance into their lives, into their culture, freedom from Roman oppression, among other types of freedom. And so the angels are saying, remember. So key number one in you having a new hope in your life is the purpose to remember the words of, of the Lord, the promises of God. Then you continue on in this uh, chapter 24. We get down uh, verse 13, which picks up on the two men on the road to Emmaus. Again, they had witnessed everything that just took place as well, so they're going for a walk. You know, sometimes you need, just need to go for a walk. When everything unravels, everything is falling apart, and just like, wow, nothing's turning out the way I expected it to turn out. So they're going for a walk. They're going to Emmaus, and as they're walking along, verse 14 says, as they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. Talking about everything that had happened. A lot of things happened over the last several days. They had spent some time with Jesus, some years with Jesus. Jesus had been instructing them, grooming them, training them. He had told them on three different occasions that he would be tried, that he would be crucified, he would be buried. But on the third day, he'd rise from the dead. But everything they experienced was polar opposite of what they had been told. So they thought. Because they forgot that Jesus said, but on the third day. But on the third day, everything's going to turn around. That's why we have hope. It's a confident expectation. See, we hope for things that have not yet manifested because once they're manifested, you no longer hope for it. You now have it. It's now a reality. So, so uh, he said, as they walk along, verse 14, as they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. Then he, meaning Jesus, asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? So here Jesus comes along. Jesus comes into your life. He's walking with you. His presence is with you. And he's asking the question, what are you discussing so intently as you're going through life? As you're going down the path of life, as you're walking along, what is it that you're so intently discussing? What are you talking about? What are your conversations? Are they edifying? Are they building one another up? Are they encouraging one another? Or do you come out of that conversation with sadness across your face, like the scripture tells us? The New King James says, what are you talking about that, that makes you so sad? Are your conversations making you sad? Are they making you depressed? And if they are, and stop having those conversations. Stop listening to that kind of communication and, and start engaging yourself with positive, uplifting, edifying, which means to build up conversation. That's the kind of verbiage that needs to be coming out of our mouth. So Jesus said, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, verse uh, 17, 18. Here says, they stopped short, sadness written across their face. Then one of them, Cleopas, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. I, I, I love the humor of Jesus. I mean, he knows exactly what these guys are going through. He knows exactly where they are. He knows what they're talking about. 
And he knows that uh, they were hoping that he would be the one that would deliver them. He would be their redeemer. He would be the one that would set them free from Roman oppression. He understood all that. He is God in the flesh. And so he knew all that, but he plays along with it. And and he says uh, in verse 19, he says, what things? What things? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And in a sense, you know, he's, he's playing along with it, but also it's a very pointed question because what they are talking about is all the things that didn't go the way they had anticipated they should be going. So it says, so they were hoping. They were hoping. In verse uh, 21, it says, we had hoped he, meaning Jesus, we had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel, and this all happened three days ago. And then they talked about the women that we talked about earlier. They went to the tomb and came back with an amazing report. Uh, Go down to verse 25. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering into his glory? Wasn't it written Weren't you forewarned about this is how it's going to happen? I'm going to be handed over to the hands of sinful men. I'm going to be tried, crucified, buried. But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. Haven't we been sharing this with you? Haven't you been forewarned? And now it happened just as it was predicted it's going to happen, and you lose all hope. And Jesus said, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe. What areas of life, what areas of, of, of your of walk with God, what promises of the scripture do you find it so hard to believe? And ask yourself, why am I finding it so difficult to believe the scripture? And most often the answer to that would be, I'll answer it for you since I have the same experiences, the answers would be because what I'm experiencing in reality doesn't line up with the promise of scripture and therefore I become discouraged. Well, the Bible didn't say everything's going to line up 100% of the time, but it says that we are to keep hope. It's going to turn out well. It's going to end well. Amen? Amen. Everyone says it's going to end well. And so your life is going to end well. And not just at the end of life. I mean, whatever situation you're in right now, it's going to turn out well. God is for you. He's not against you. And so he said, you foolish people, why do you find it so hard to believe? We need to read scriptures and listen to to the promises of God's word and believe them and put faith and confidence in them and not be treating them like they're some type of fortune cookie. You know, we don't put our faith in that. They're, they're humorous, they're cute, we can laugh at them, we can, you know, you can be encouraged by it if you want to. I never put any stock in it until the last one. I finally started believing in my fortune cookies because I thought, my gosh, it is speaking directly to me. It, it's, it's 100% spot on. And the fortune cookie that I most, my most recent one said, inside every old person is a young person wondering what the heck happened. And I thought, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Every morning, I wake up and say, wait a minute, what happened? <laughs> How did I end up here? Why me? That type of thing. So anyway, we want to put faith and confidence in the word of God, in the word of God. It was clearly predicted that Jesus would be tried and crucified and buried, and that on the third day, he would rise again. But because of what they were uh, experienced emotionally and what they, they, they saw with their, their natural eyes and what they experienced, it, it just overrode. They just had a 
it just overrode everything else that they had um, been instructed in that, yes, this is going to happen. Yes, Jesus is going to die. He's going to shed his blood. But on the third day, he's going to rise again, and it's going to be a, a brand new beginning. The power of, of sin and death is going to be broken over your life, and it's going to be a brand new start. But they lost it. They lost it because of what they were experiencing. So make sure you stick with the promises of God and, and, and don't lose it over the temporary trials that may be coming your way. Do not lose hope. Don't be focusing on circumstances and forgetting the promises of God, uh, of, of, that, of the reality that he's going to rise again. I find it interesting that the disciples on the road to Emmaus, that they, Jesus said, what are you guys talking about? And they said that, you know, they, they explained what they were talking about. And then they said, but we had hoped. We had hoped or we were hoping. And what had they hoped? And what were they hoping? That Jesus Christ is going to be their redeemer. He's going to be the one that's going to set them free. And in their mind, because of their circumstances, natural circumstances, they lost that hope. But in reality, Jesus Christ was alive and he was their redeemer. But they weren't seeing it. Therefore, they say, we were hoping that this reality would be here. And they're thinking that it's not here. It's not existent. Jesus Christ is dead. We saw him die. We saw him being buried. We saw the tomb being placed in front of the, we saw the stone being placed in front of the tomb. And the Roman government even sealed the tomb. And he put a, a Roman guards in front of the tomb to make sure there, there's no, uh, play going on here. There's nothing skeptical going on. And so it was very, very secure from a, world, from a worldly standpoint, but to say we were hoping. So it's okay to, uh, to continue to hope. You don't have to say we were hoping. You can continue to say, I am hoping. I am hoping. I have my hope and my confidence is in Christ alone. Amen. So continue to put your faith in him. Continue to believe in him. And, and don't ever, ever give up in putting your trust in almighty God. The prophet Jeremiah, there's a book written by him. It's called the book of Jeremiah. Then right after in the Bible, right after Jeremiah, is another book called Lamentations. And I'm of the, of the persuasion that Jeremiah penned that book as well. And uh, Lamentations, and, and matter of fact, the book of Jeremiah and then Lamentations, it's a time, it's a very, very difficult, dark, bleak, oppressive time in Israel's history. They are under the judgment of God because of sin in their lives, because of their stiff-neckedness, because of their rebellion. They are in judgment. They are in captivity. They're in a foreign land. They're under Babylonian rule. And things are very, very Difficult, just, you know, anything that could go wrong was going wrong. It just, it, there's a severe time of oppression and persecution, and it was just a very horrible time. And Jeremiah, some people refer to him as the weeping prophet because he's, he's, he's endeavoring to, to be the voice of God in a godless culture. And the people aren't receiving it. They're rejecting it. They want to imprison him for preaching the gospel. How dare you preach hope in this environment? And many times we can feel that in our culture today. It's a very, very difficult, God, it, can, can be, it can appear to be a very godless culture. And it can be, you know, you can be, there's a lot of pushback from being optimistic. How can you be optimistic? How can you be so up? How can you be so positive? Aren't you aware of everything that's going on in our culture? Aren't you aware of all the persecution? Aren't you aware of a pandemic? And I like to be like Jesus. What pandemic? 
What are you talking about? What, what difficulties are you talking about? What, what godlessness are you talking about? What conversation are you having? You know, what are we engaged in? What are we paying attention to? What are we paying attention to? So it's important that we begin to pay attention to the promises of God's word. And that's what Jeremiah is doing. And he makes this statement. It's recorded in, in chapter 3 of Lamentations. I'll begin reading at verse 18. He said, I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. Am I the only one or has there been anyone else in here that you had a season in life or a moment in life? It may have been a very short season. For some of you, it may be a long season. Some of you may be in the middle of it right now. I say, all hope is gone. My doctor's report, my financial reports, my health report, my circumstances, you know, just hope is gone. Hope is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. My prayers haven't been answered. My hope is gone. The thought, verse 19, the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. Homelessness. He's not, he's not in his homeland. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Has anyone here ever cried a prayer like that? Sure, we all had moments like that. Seasons, some of them are seasons are, that are lengthy seasons like that. And like I mentioned, you may be in it right now. But listen to the next verse. Verse 21. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. So right in the middle of homelessness, right in the middle of everything he had hoped for from the Lord is lost, right in the middle of suffering and homelessness, uh, 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 his bitterness that is beyond words, right in the middle of all this devastating grief and godlessness in the culture, he makes this statement. He said, uh, uh, I'll never forget this awesome time, but yet I still dare to hope. Everyone say, I dare to hope. Right in the middle of a pandemic, you can dare to hope. In the middle of financial crisis, you can dare to hope. In the middle of relationship challenges, you can dare to hope. In the middle of a doctor's report that's not good, you can dare to hope. Yet I will, yet I will, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. What's he remembering? Well, back in Luke chapter 24, remember the angel said, remember how he spoke to you? Remember how he spoke to you? Jesus asked the men on the road, he said, what are you guys talking about? And then he said, you're slow to remember? Don't be slow to remember. Remember the promises of God. Put them in your heart, get them on your lips, and be speaking them. In verse 22, he goes on, he said, when I remember this, and here's what he said he's going to remember, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I hope in him. I hope in, I hope in him. Friends, your hope is in the Lord. Trust in him. No matter what the environment that you're in, the circumstances closing in on you, put your hope in God, in him alone. I want you to, uh, to look at this uh, verse in, uh, it's found in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. 1 Peter 1 and verse 3. It's a great promise from the word of God. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It, it is by his great mercy that we have been born again. 
Because God raised Jesus from the dead. Because God raised Jesus from the dead, we've been born again. Now we live with great expectation. Great expectation, that's living hope. Living hope, born again into a living hope. Great expectation, that's what the word hope means in the Bible, a great expectation. It's not a negative, well, I sure hope so. No, it's a positive, it's an optimistic, it's a great expectation. I'm expecting something good. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting to come out of this low place. I'm expecting to come out of this dark place. I'm expecting to come out of this difficult situation. I'm expecting to overcome this in the name of my Lord and my Savior, for I have been born again into a living hope, into a living hope. So whatever may have occurred in your life, that calls you to, to, or tempt you to lose hope. Remember, you've been born again into a living hope. One more scripture, Romans 15. Then we're gonna invite you to just worship the Lord with us and open your heart up for a touch of heaven. Just capture your heart and bring you back into that place of a living hope. But in Romans 15, verse 13, he said, I pray that God, the source of hope, everyone say the source of hope, God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident expectation. Confident expectation. Confident expectation through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't try to build up a confident expectation on your own. If you do it in natural means, you just try to psych yourself up naturally, it will last as long as natural circumstances are in alignment. But if you build your hope and you look to God for hope and you allow the Holy Spirit of God to cause you to overflow with a confident hope and a confident expectation, the power of the Holy Spirit will envelop you and bring you into a place that you're no longer saying, well, we were hoping, we had hoped, we were thinking, but it didn't turn out that way. Now we're discouraged. Yeah, not everything will turn out the way your natural mind is thinking it's gonna turn out, but never lose hope. God is with you, God is for you, and the Holy Spirit will generate that confident expectation within you. Why don't you stand up, let's open up our hearts as we articulate this next song and believe in God for a touch of heaven to just envelop our hearts and our lives and bring about that desired result, a great expectation. God bless you.